Hello everyone and welcome to the Straight Up Podcast. This is episode five, From the Ground Up, with Conleth McAlinden, owner of Kaizen Strength. Welcome, welcome Conleth. Um, you are the first guest that we've had on the Straight Up Podcast, so we are very excited. Um, not only to be having you on, but also uh, that we're moving forward and now we're engaging with with people that we value um, and people that we believe add value in their chosen field. So over the next 30 minutes, people, we are going to be delving into the life, not only the business life of Conleth with regard to Kaizen Strength, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with, but also we're going to be getting into what makes Conleth McElinden the person tick on a day-to-day basis and also on a broader, um, on a larger scale, uh, taking into maybe longer term longer term aspirations and um you know the driving force behind them etc so very welcome Conleth we're really excited to have you on so by way of introduction and just as a first base if you like uh, before we get into the you know I'm sure we are going to get into the Kaizen end of things as well but just on a personal note and um, maybe as a first question who is Conleth McAlinden the person uh maybe before who was he before the, the Kaizen journey started? So I think that'll be a good a good way to, to introduce yourselves to, to our audience. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's probably one thing that uh, we've chatted about previously, uh, three of us, that uh, I find it very difficult to, to separate myself and the business because I've probably, I probably put too much of my own uh, like self-worth and self-value into how the business is doing because it's dedicating the best part of the last four years to. So I suppose outside of that, that's actually like a difficult question for me because it's probably one that I haven't really thought about. Uh, like, yeah, I'm I'm 27, obviously, Jason Strength Personal Training Gym uh, is my business. I started that four years ago. Uh, and like outside of running business, I would sort of be, I also sort of call myself like a self-confessed idiot. Like I've... Uh, ADHD type personality that I have to be doing something at all times. I need a stimulus. I need a, like a football or a basketball in my hand. I need to be consuming information, talking to people. I don't like sitting still. Uh, I'm probably more of an extrovert. I would like get more energy from being around people, being around groups. And uh, so this current lockdown is, <laughs> I suppose it's a bit challenging for me. I need a, I need a day packed with activities so I don't fucking uh, leave myself leave myself with, with too much time to sort of sit and uh, sit and quietly think. Uh, that, I suppose that, that's really it. Like I'm, I'm probably, I don't know, I feel like I'm putting a profile out on the dating website here. Uh, I'm an easy going guy, yeah. <laughs> like long walks <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm, I'm very interested in business and sort of like the principles of what makes people successful and what makes some people do well and what makes other people not do not as well and i'm just like a bit of a nerd for that whole process so that's i suppose that's the best version of an, of an explanation about me and you perfect um and just on that note uh regarding the lockdown we have seen some of your rather impressive uh exploits with the basketball another string to the bow yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, that's that's fascinating. The fact that you we have spoke about this. The fact that it's hard to um, separate yourself, Conleth, from Kaizen. So, in terms of in terms of identity, um, you're obviously you're obviously very happy with the fact that that Conleth McIlinden is Kaizen. You've you've chosen that path, and you know you're happy to to live by that on a day to day basis. If you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Well, I think. I think it's one of those things of if it's just about being sort of self-aware to know that, like that's a fine thing to do when everything's going well. Like it's fine to put all your put your self-worth into how well a business is performing. But like, what do you do when something happens and the business can't do as well? Like the current situation, for example, uh, the coronavirus situation has led us to move all of our members' personal training online has uh, basically completely changed the business model around in a matter of about four days. Mm-hmm. So incredibly challenging time. And of course, because of uh, the layoffs, people haven't worked and there's different things 
Uh, we had some uh, member drop-off larger than we would normally have in a month, so it's fine when everything's going well to put your sort of self-worth into it. When I, or sorry, it feels fine, but I think if you get, I think one of the things for me is I'm trying to consciously not do that and try and sort of find out who I am. It sounds very like I'm going to go on a gap year here and go around to Bali and things. <laughs> but like basically just try and not put too much self-worth in it and make sure that all of the sort of like, all of the baskets of your life, whether it's family, family, friends, like relationships, like your own time and business are a little more evenly spread as opposed to just me basically putting all of my eggs in the basket of how well the business is yeah. doing. So I think that's what I have like, to speak to that. Because the obvious thing then, if, if the business isn't going well and you're, you're too far involved in it or too far, maybe involved is the wrong word, but you're associating too much of your worth in it, then it's going to really impact on the other baskets, as you, as you put it. Like, yeah, like, if you get too attached to the, I suppose, I think I remember Gary being a chuck. Gary B it's, it's sort of said that he doesn't really listen to the praise that much and it makes it easier to ignore the criticism. So yeah. the less sort of be the less you can be the less of the messages that you can take in, whether you're doing well or whether you're doing bad, you can be self grounded in terms of like what you think you're doing is right and if whether you think you're like how you are doing relative to what you think you're capable of, then like on a more on a process scale in terms of what our day to day are you doing the right things and focus less on the outcomes and I think that's one of the things that like yeah get like to be honest guiltily like when things are going well like I like I will overindulge and it'll be like this is amazing and I'll get like a proper like buzz out of it and I know what I have it I think for me I think the way the more sort of calm-headed and cool-headed you can be that doesn't come naturally to me I'm like an enthusiastic like relatively loud person so I like get caught up and swept away and do things uh, and that then comes to the downsides is when things go badly that you'll add it effective. So I think that's one of the things that I'm consciously trying to develop and work on. It's almost like if you're taking the liberty to celebrate a victory, then you have to accept that on the flip side, you'll have to manage a, a negative experience. Then. 100%. Uh, I told you the story about, so I always go every Wednesday, I meet uh, Connor O'Neill from Know Yourself Nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I went for a coffee every Wednesday morning. It's a, it's called Accountability Club. It used to be to sort of have the sales totally child accountable, and it started about three years ago. Uh, and now we have a thing where, like, it's sort of developed over the last couple of years. Where if I come in and say everything's really, really good or it's amazing, and like it's just it's all class, he'll say I'm sorry to hear that because inevitably, if everything's going well, you're not far away from something fucking up. And then by the same regards, if I come in and say, like, everything is burning down, this is, like, the worst week I've ever had, he's like, oh, uh, class, glad to hear. Like, that's our sort of, like, that, that's for us, that's their, like, to remind ourselves, like, to not get too ahead of the head. So it's a, it's a nice wee, it's a nice wee filter, and I think that was one of the things we said would probably be a theme of the whole podcast, is about, like, the people you surround yourself with, because yeah. it'll help, help you keep going. Yes. Uh, no, that's... That's fascinating and there's a lot of value in that as well, not just on a, a business level, but on a broader a broader life level and remaining level-headed and, and sort of anchored as opposed to, it's, and it's easy to say, like going, you know, fluctuating with the highs and the lows, but I suppose that that can be very, very draining, you know, yeah. up and down, even by, even by imagining it, you, you can imagine how, uh, how draining it can be, so. Uh, if we move, if we move on, then um, or Johnny, do you have anything to add from? I suppose the the, the common thing that you share. Uh, I know we're not we're not going to get into the, or we're going to we're going to move into the the more gym and the business side of it. But uh, I suppose the common thing at this stage is that Johnny, you're just moving into that that sphere of uh, of coaching yourself. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, me and Colin have chatted for the first time along with yourself, Ashin couple of nights ago there and uh, it was very eye-opening for myself hearing him talk about you know not only building his own business but attaching the brand Kaizen to his personal journey um, and I think that makes it mean a whole lot more not only for him but I'm sure the members of his gym and I've heard a lot of really really good things um, before I even probably go into um, my journey in the fitness and maybe Colin is talking more about the business side and how Kaizen's gone from strength to strength Maybe if you want to elaborate more on some of the, how you've brought personal experiences into 
motivating you to grow the business, even starting the business, and how maybe something that's happened on the personal side has allowed you to approach a business decision in a better mindset and probably vice versa. Like you're saying, your family maybe says you're either the lowest low or you're the highest high, and much like myself, when you're in the middle of a high or in the middle of a low, you don't realize that you almost need those times to flip you back to reality because business can either be, like you said, very good or very bad. So it's probably, it's very best to have both, you know, be invested in both equally. And I'm sure you, you shared a lot of that uh, with us the other night, maybe if you wanted to elaborate on that a bit more. Yeah, well, I think like this, this sort of, I've kind of told the story of like where, where Kaizen came from and that kind of like hit on all of the things you talked about. So it's like, I'll, I suppose I'll quickly try and sort of pull, pull through the story because I think it took yeah. a longer <laughs> the other night. Uh, yeah. Like I was, uh, I was, Studying aerospace engineering, uh, wings, absolutely hitting it. I went in my placement year and I was working in Kilkeen, so it was an hour and a half drive away. And uh, my best friend, Sid, had basically given me two books, well, two book recommendations. Uh, one was John Wooden, uh, uh, A Lifetime of Observations on and Off the Court, uh, which I read, which was fantastic, and I've actually been reading it lately. And actually, Oshin has just finished it. Uh, he battled about five days after I started and finished it before. Oh, you'll, have to, you'll have to send it over to me. Yeah. Uh, no, well. Uh, I'm the one with uh, Ken Robinson, the element, and it was it's a book about sort of finding the thing that you're really good at and that you're really passionate about. So it was kind of at a time when I was ready to hear it, really, really disinterested and unenthused with the, the engineering sphere and you didn't really want to do it. Came back in the final year while still sort of consuming similar messages, but was never really. I suppose it was never really feeling like I had the, the balls to make the jump into actually doing something. Like I was, I had heard of these things and I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if I had, like imagine you had a job that you loved, that you really, really loved, like and you couldn't wait to get up and get stuck in it every day. Uh, but the overwhelming like message and like voice in my head was like, nah, people don't get that. Like that's that's not that's not for you. You're going to get a great mm. step of an engineer and you're going to keep plugging away. I, I think it was, it was hard to overcome that voice and then I think as, as sort of generally alluded to it was more a product of things that sort of happened uh, like happened in my life that put things in perspective that made that decision a lot easier it just gave me a better sort of worldview of things so when I went back to final year and uh, we had went back to final year and I was living with Connor O'Neill you know yourself nutrition which was quite a big accident uh, we were mm-hmm. and the two of us ended up just living in a house alone together and I didn't really know him that well, and it ended up being one of the best mistakes that has ever happened because he mm-hmm. was one of us very similar journey. Same thing. During that time, my younger brother had passed away towards like December time uh, with a, like with an ongoing uh, like uh, an ongoing illness that, that he had, and and then about five, six, seven days later, I uh, went to sort of clear my head by football. For Queens, we were for at the time, and in the last like ten minutes of the game, broke my scapula, which is like obviously like your shoulder blade, mm-hmm. and sort of told uh, like that that would be the end. Me playing football, which would have been the main thing that I would have you done like maybe four or five like five nights a week, most of the weeks from the age yeah. of nine right through to twenty one. Yeah. That was your your right lad. Yeah, so that was probably my outlet. That was the thing that I would have sort of used to, like, to deal with sort of stressful situations uh, and stuff. And obviously, like, uh, my brother at Mass was, like, something, like, he was at the point, like, of our life. And uh, whilst we, we knew it was coming, we had time to prepare and stuff. So obviously, it was, it was one of those, like, the, it was that, that challenge that was dealing with that was probably the most challenging thing that I'd ever had to do, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, our family became really, really, like, not became really close, we were always really close, but there's been like a definite like uh, increase in the closeness of the family uh, since that. But mm-hmm. one of the things that it probably left in me, uh, I always had this thing about being successful and about not. It kind of came in line with John Wooden's uh, one of John Wooden's books, where he was saying like success is the the peace of mind that comes knowing peace of mind that comes and knowing that you did all you're capable of doing to to, like, to live up to your potential. Like that's mm-hmm. a very Wrong, wrong worded, but it's basically that's the principle. It's like you've got a certain amount of talent, you've got a certain amount of God-given ability, whatever it is, and uh, 
think one of my big fears, even prior to that, was always sort of not living up to the potential. And I always had this sort of like reoccurring thing of like, I would hate the day feeling like yeah. that. The fear of failure driving you. Like, that, that, that was, I told you guys that one of the big, like, I don't know why, I remember it relating to me when the first time I heard it in school, like primary school, and then hearing it again in secondary school, and it was the, it's the parable of talents. Uh, and it's that thing of like the I don't know how, how many people remember the parable of Thomas from school, but it was uh, like a old king was was going away uh, traveling, and he gave his uh, three three advisors or his three servants uh, talents, which were like a, a, like a terminology for like a, a large amount of money. And he gave one of them five, he gave one of them two, and he gave one of them one. And he came back, and the one that had five had invested it. Like used it wisely and had then give him his five back along with more. Uh, the one with two had done the exact same, and the one with one that came to the like, master, I was afraid I was like afraid of losing it, and I was, didn't want to come back and be angry. So I buried it in the ground and handed the talent back. And basically, the, the whole thing was that the, the master was disappointed that like, this talent and he hid it away from the world. And that time away at the time, that really. Like, like I don't know, no age, like maybe 11, 12, like that just really, like it stuck in my memory, which was a weird thing for, like especially for a religious text, because I don't think it's the only one that's ever stuck in my head. Yeah. And <laughs> that sort of thing of, right, whoever, whoever I am or whoever anyone is, like I've got like roughly the same sort of resources, access to information as everybody else. Yeah. And the only thing different is what, what I actually do with it. So then that became a drive force for me to try and see yeah. like what I what I can do. And probably like the last thing to think I think one of the things that I've had I've had this conversation about four or five times in the last two weeks. And I think it's probably because of the coronavirus situation going on and one of not with yourselves but with a few other people that I'm close with. And it's this sort of idea of like adversity. Like adversity fueling achievement, mm-hmm. it tend, well not not in general. Like, but there there tends to be a definite thing between people having faced a certain level of adversity and having attained a certain level of achievement. Because I think well, the conversations that, that I were having when, with the people that I was talking to were sort of saying like, there's a definite thing that people have been through, sort of like real like like real loss family members or different things like that or real personal loss themselves tend to have a more of a perspective that probably when things are going shit like with even with the likes of with this current situation and when we're really stressed out about the business and stuff I kind of like I, I can get really stressed in the moment and one of the things I like had sort of landed on one of the days when I was annoying myself I was like listen if the whole business goes bankrupt like you no, know, like no, no, yeah, like we're, we're fine like I'll, I'll do something else uh, like it's it's okay. Like at the end of the day, uh, it's still not as bad as, as some other things that, that have happened. So it gives, it helps. I think some form of adversity helps ground people and give people a bit of a realistic worldview. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think even in my own, like this is, I'll be, I'll tell the truth and actually tell you. I'll tell you the truth. Um, just based on you were speaking about people experiencing adversity and that adversity maybe galvanizing you know galvanizing them or giving them that broader perspective but i'm sure that i'm sure that there's as many people maybe more people that that can't handle that adversity and i suppose in your example you've used it to a serious degree where you've used it as fuel to do something really positive but i suppose someone with with less about them maybe would fall fall the other way and and you know not be able to not be able to add value to that, to anywhere near that extent, you know, they would they would go into their shell if you like. Yeah, I think uh, actually, just to what you never really think about this is something I haven't thought about probably in like in maybe five or six years, and it's like it's, it's really like uh, uh, like that's a, it's a fantastic like like question. I was probably like a, so I had one placement the year before, and that was when I really started listening to like the audio books while I was driving to and from placement. I mean, Sid had made the two recommendations. So this is maybe about a year, year and a half before Tomas passed away. And it, for the best part of that year and a half, year, I was still reading. Uh, I was still listening to audiobooks. I was listening to quite a lot of podcasts in that time. Like, my, like and one of the things that I found was, like, because I was reading, some of the stuff was really interesting. Some of the stuff was quite, 
Like, so I read some of Ralph Waldo Emerson, there's books, Think and Grow Rich, there's like the Mindset by Carol Dweck, which is about having like a growth that affects mindset. And there's like a lot of these books that are kind of, that have similar themes in that they're all sort of relating about how you sort of conduct yourself, how you get the best out of yourself and like what you can do to make the best out of the situations that present themselves. And I, I kind of found that like after a year and a half, after a year, year and a half of consuming all of those sort of messages and all of those information when it came to the, like, the, like probably the toughest period of my life when Tomas passed away, I felt like it was really well equipped to handle that. It was like, a t- basically, it was essentially like a toolkit. Yes. It was complete. Like, it was, a, it was really a bit of an anomaly that it sort of happened. Like, it started off with SIDS recommendation or two recommendations and it just kind of snowballed it wasn't something that i had set out that i wanted to do but i do remember sort of looking back when we got sort of through the other side of that like that, that like time where we sort of resumed normality and feeling like jesus like if i hadn't have been reading those things if i hadn't have been sort of in like digesting that message continuously i probably wouldn't have reacted to the product. i maybe would have went in a destructive spiral yes because very great, like it is. It's one of those things that that's. I'm not sort of saying that like that's the that's the way to deal with grief. Like that's for me. That was that was how I found. That was how I found a way and an outlet to deal with it again because it didn't have football. And like yeah. the other, the other side of that is people become people can, can be quite like, and everyone is the same. Or something happens to you, you're like, oh my god, like fucking, this is the worst thing in the world. And like at the time, I could see like when. After Tomas had passed and the basically end of my football career, when I was sort of sitting on the hospital, I was kind of like, "Are you for fucking real? Like, like, like this can't be fucking happening. Like, this is this is the time I need football more than anyone in the world." And I said, "There was nothing that could have made me see clearly that this would have happened for a reason. There's not like you couldn't have convinced me, no matter how it went. Like, even I don't know how you would have convinced me that this would have been something that would have happened for a reason. Like, but now, um, like with, with hindsight." I wouldn't have been the case if I still had a football career. I've had this conversation before. Like football, even club football now is very demanding. Like it's yes. a good few, and there's a lot of responsibility based on the the, the showers or the players. Yes. I wouldn't have the time. It's also at the exact same time that most people want coached. So like yeah. I, I wouldn't have grew the business, or I probably wouldn't have been as successful, or it mightn't have happened at all. And it's one of those things that I still believe that it's kind of weird, weird thing to juggle. But when shit happens, it's like probably like there's, there's probably a reason behind us like but you have to try and make the best of it the same you already can't just sit back and say like oh well, that's that like if you can try and make the best yeah or at least try and make that reason seem seem as clear as possible if you know what i mean yeah like control control the controllable and that's probably a message that a lot of people are yes the coronavirus so like we're yeah. talking about, like you guys can't meet up to do your podcast. You're doing it for Zoom. Yes. Yeah. You can only you can only control the, the things that are. You can only control your actions and your responses and be proactive. Yeah. Sure. Well, you you you've spoke a lot there about the personal challenges and as horrendous they may be, may be they're absolutely out of your control. And you you've just hit the nail in the head, which is actually what I was going to say. It was control the controllables. You've dealt with what's come your way. And then, you know, you're the epitome of taking action. Uh, you know, you'll hear and see a lot of people reading a lot of books and listening to a lot of podcasts and taking a lot in, but not doing very much with it. Um, and I suppose we want to elaborate on like what then moved you from being in that tough personal situation to then moving to pulling the trigger and saying, there's a business opportunity. That's what I have to do. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to get there. And, and there you are now. Yeah, well, so I, I, again, I think this is one of the things that I want to stress because I think it's very easy for people to sort of sit and listen to this and be like, oh, well, that's fine for you. Like, you had a clear interest in sort of health and fitness, and this all happened, and then you have all this sort of motivation. So, that, like, it obviously just the stars it. aligned. Yeah, the stars aligned. <laughs> yeah. Like, to me, that's, I think that's probably that, like, if you can sort of bottle like the, the most common thought in people's head when they're talking about like my journey or somebody else's journey. Like, well, that's all right, that's the end. Like, I don't know what I want to do. And I genuinely hadn't a fucking clue what I wanted to do. And, and like, and I actually remember having a conversation, I think it was with mum, being like, well, like, do you want, basically, do you want to continue doing engineer? And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I just don't want to do fucking engineer. Like, I know that. Like, that's it. I've ruled out one possibility. And yeah. that was, 
always as players, I like I knew I didn't want to be an engineer. <laughs> was, yeah. Like that was all of the information that would I would you had. say would would you say the seat the next day I'm probably you you're not gonna say this and it, it ties into the fact that the stars don't always align. I'm sure you didn't just jump out of the bed the next day and go, you know what, this is what I want to do. I'm sure it took like a ballsy decision to say, I see something there's potential there. It's gonna take these steps to get there and Yeah, well like I don't even remember deciding that that was really I don't remember the point where I decided it because yeah I think that there's an interest in sort of like as a guy, Ali Hulse, he's kind of like he has his podcast and his videos and YouTube are kind of weird now, but like he used to, Legend. He used to like stuff like. But uh, he had this philosophy of people saying like thinking that like their career is like a ladder. It's like I do this step and then I do the next one and then I do the next one and I do the next yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, and we're talking about how like that's not really the case anymore because people do it across careers. They do different things. They sort of put their hands. And uh, he describes it more like a river. And it was basically, so like you're standing on the river, it's a winding sort of like river, you're standing on the edge of it. And he just says like, jump in. And like jumping in is basically surrounding yourself with the things that you're interested in, passionate about now. Like, um, like whether it's like training or football or conversations or podcasting or writing or journalism, whatever it is, like just jump in. So for me, I was always interested in success and sort of getting the most out of most of our life and like that sort of stuff and I was interested in training and a lot of these books have put different ideas in my head about self-development and I then I decided I was like I was starting to write like just myself and I was like I kind of want to make a blog uh, and I created a blog called 80 and 15 which was kind of like the general idea was it was trying to help people get as much out of life as possible based off of the stuff that I learned uh, in these books and like probably I could look back on some of the stuff now and maybe some of the writing and like maybe laugh and write and stuff, but like at the time it was the best possible thing that I could contribute. It was the most quality, the most beneficial content that I could create. And it really like for me, the act of going through creating that podcast or sorry, creating that blog and like writing, trying to clarify and crystallize my thoughts became really, really useful really, really useful. And I was doing that for the best part of like nine, ten months. And it actually happened to be then when I started, when I made the decision to go into training, uh, that was like content marketing became like really big in Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And one of the things that happened was people who can more com- clearly communicate their ideas perform better than those that can't. And uh, once that didn't make no sense for me to start a blog about like success and then for that to lead into like personal training, it ended up being the perfect setup because I already like one of the most things that personal trainers were struggling with at the time. They had a, like I didn't have a good quality coaching service because I was only starting; it was new. Uh, like a lot of what I was doing was like just what was the best in my ability. But I, all, I had a background of a year of writing, like consistently and really sort of honing my craft in terms of how I was trying to communicate with people. So it ended up being that initially a lot of people had sort of come, like come forward to me about guys and saying they really enjoyed the content. And it was because I think that was creating the skill set that was developed during the blog. So whilst the blog made absolutely no sense in terms of like when you look at it, it's like, what, start a blog? Like, what, that makes no sense in terms of having in the gym. It led to loads of skills that then became really, really beneficial when I opened the, opened the gym. And I think it was one of those things, like the more, and that, to me, that's like the sort of, like the epitome of that river philosophy of like, just jump in and whatever you're interested in, just surround yourself with people that are interested in it, have interest in conversations, read, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, whatever it is. Because yeah. with the you'll you'll find something else as the tangent of that. There's so many yeah. something else that you'll read and it'll lead you on to something else. And I'd yeah. ask you guys about the, the analogy that I would use about trying to like decide what you're doing because nobody knows what they're doing. Uh, and I also use the example of like like in the likes of some of the big museums like the Louvre and Paris, like there's huge, huge paintings, maybe like twenty by twenty feet and big huge like medieval or like Renaissance war paintings where there's just like there's just so many different things. Like the detail is incredible. There's loads of different scenes going on. It's maybe like a huge landscape with like hundreds and hundreds of people in them. And like the amount of detail in it is insane that you have to really sort of look at one section to actually take in what's going on. Mm-hmm. When people like, and I, when people sort of talk about like, how did you know what you wanted to do? Yeah. Like, I didn't. I have. I didn't know what I wanted to do. It kind of started with like, if I imagine that big canvas is like, you know, what my like life to look like. 
and all I could see was this wee tiny point that was kind of like, I don't want to be an engineer. And then every time I read a book or every time I listened to a podcast or talked to someone much smarter than myself about this sort of stuff, then something came in that I had more focus. Like one, like maybe this bottom right hand corner just adjusted focus slightly and went from really blurry to maybe being seen the outline. Like, okay, I kind of know what that was, like what I want out of my day or my morning. Yeah. The more, like then for me, that became a thing of the more information that I can consume, the more conversations that I can have, and the more I can sort of drive this. And the more what I want out of my life becomes like clear. And it's like four years later now, I'm, I am, I'm actually have a very good image in my head about what I want my life to look like sort of next year, five years, like maybe 10 years, but not so much. But I have a much clearer image than what I've had. The time all I knew was I didn't want to do engineering. And my approach to it was, okay, well, let's just learn shit loads, have loads of conversations. And hopefully that will clarify it for me. Yeah, like through those interactions or through reading that book or whatever, that could lead you on to someone who's in a similar position. He could give you a new line of thinking, etc., etc., and then you've just not by default. The more you do, the more opportunity it creates. Yeah, exactly. Whether it, work, whether it works or whether it doesn't, you get the feedback, and then you can you can act act accordingly. You know. Yep. Um, just, it's just taking, it's just, it like, for me, that became really, like, one of those things. And I, I, I end up having conversations, because I'm doing something that I love, and it's probably clear that, that I love it, I, I end up having conversations with people quite a lot who are maybe in a job that they're not fussed about, and they would kind of like to do something else, but they don't really know what they want to do. And, like, I've, I've had, I probably have hundreds of these conversations, because it always tends to be, it's normally after a couple of pints when, like, yeah, yeah, it's us. Like you're, you're doing something you love. Like that. it's like, but it's all, it's well weird for you and stuff. I'm normally paralyzed when I'm talking to people. I'm kind of like, kind of like, well, no, not really. Like I, I, I just sort of read more stuff. I just, I just kind of kept pushing on the things that I was interested in, and then eventually something came up that was like, oh, that's it. And it's just sort of, sort of the more I sort of, more the more I chased like learning then the more opportunities just seem to come along which is i don't think the more you learn the more opportunities you get easy yeah but then there's a there's a big trade-off there as well because people people who are in the nine to five jobs are they're relatively comfortable relatively stable and um, for you to take that step of going out on your own you know that's a it's a massive it's a massive trade-off so you, yeah you know, that's that's one of the things that like uh, We've talked about this before as well, and it's like the reality of running a business or having yeah. a business versus like the Instagram portrayal. Yeah. Uh, probably some maybe it's will be like I mean, you can roll out of bed when you want. Like I'd be maybe sitting on on a Wednesday night or whatever it is, and I'm approaching the next morning and I'm feeling tired and being like I'll, I'm gonna take it out of lay in the morning. And mates are like you're bollocks, like I fucking get up at, at six fails here. So culture, these benefits and they're. There's definitely like there's it's like everything else, everything is a trade-off, everything has pros and cons. Like for someone in and like and I think that's the other thing is like you do what's what's suited to you. Like even in terms of people's personality traits, some people are like from based on their personality are more prone to anxiety and need more certainty in their future to keep their anxiety levels down. Like that's like that's a very bastardized version of like some some stuff that I've read. But like running a business isn't for everybody. It's like it's not. It's just because it's a pain in the ass. Like a lot of the time, and you basically need to decide which, like, which trade-offs you want to make. Uh, with uh, with running the business, you maybe have potential for your uh, potential to earn more. Like if the business does well, but you also have potential to lose more if everything like falls apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get like with a nine to five job, like you're going to get your four week holiday, you're going to get your time away, where you can switch off someone else, going to be responsible for your stuff. And for the large part, you can basically turn off. Whereas if you're running the business, like the buck kind of stops with you. Like you, like even if you do take a holiday, like you're still going to be keeping an eye on yeah. the things that are going on. Yes. You're not going to really fully switch off. And I think that's probably one of the things that can people uh, in when they're starting business is that it's. It's kind of like death by a thousand cuts at times because there's just a lot. Like you're 
you're dealing with a lot of stuff and there doesn't seem to be any break from it. Uh, so that's kind of the, that's the downsides. Like the upside is you have more freedom in your days, like you have more opportunity to think you can, you can do something that you, like you really love. But it's like, I think that's one of the things that people don't really talk about is that there is like, there's for, for anyone to stand up and say, like run the business, like I've got this business that only takes a few hours a week and I'm making like six figures and all that. You see those like douchebags on Instagram talking about it. You can like, like if you've got a business, you're going to be more into it. You're going to be like making sacrifices with your like in your life, like across your life. You are, and we talked about this as well. That there's like the reality of actually being an entrepreneur is that you're going to make sacrifices across the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. that, you're, like my family will tell you that like I can be either the best person to be around or I can be the worst person to be around, and it's largely linked to how the gym's doing. Like if I'm really stressed out. I like. I feel like I can't have more stimulus because I just I don't want anyone to talk to some sort of like my mum could be asking me like, did you ever sort anything about that thing for the house? Like, was bought a house last year? It's like, did you ever do anything about that? And like, I've been thinking all morning about this random problem we're having. I'm like, I just I can't right now. Like, just give me like I'll come like I'll talk to you later today, but I can't right now. And then it's her own joke is like, I need to make an appointment view like for a time. Yes. Listen to me about random stuff. Yeah, yeah stuff that you need done in your in your life. So there's like that's the side that the people don't really like don't really talk about. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um yeah, um spoke a lot there about like what's taking you up to today, Conleth, and through you know, you starting out um to the challenges to the business. Maybe something from my personal from personal side, maybe others listening. Who, well, personally about me, I'm sort of transitioning from going from the nine to five into the PT training sort of sphere. Um, although I'm balancing both at the minute, I'm sure I'll go full time with one at some point. The question I maybe have for you would be, what um, processes do you put in on a day-to-day basis to make sure that you're being as most efficient with your time as possible? Because I'm sure between dealing with your mother's questions, making sure Kaizen's a profitable business, getting your own training in, um, relationships. And this is one of the things nice. me and Ashley spoke about in our first episode is, you know, career, sport, relationships, personal goals. With a lot on your plate, how do you uh, maximize your time to get the most out of 24 hours or to constantly, you know, maybe if you're meeting your friend in your accountability hour once a week, how do you make sure that you've got your homework done um, and you're making progress? Uh, so... I definitely like it's I actually internally was like laughing when you're talking about me being organized and uh, me, me being organized and sort of like getting a lot done. Yeah, uh, I don't feel like that's I, I don't like I don't feel like I get a lot done. Uh, it may be that's just relevant to me. I always feel like I'm disorganized. I'm not a naturally I'm not a naturally sort of like very regimental organized person at all. Yeah. Like, say this is my routine I'm sticking to it I like freedom in my routine so one of the, like, there's a few things that have helped me uh, like probably the first one is having some form of like daily planning where like when it's working really well I have a book so when I'm watching the video you can probably see it but it's basically this it's the product it's called the productivity planner and uh, it's very simple it basically gives you like the most so the first thing number one is the most important task of the day and then after that there's two like secondary tasks of importance and then three four and five are like the, the last ones and it gives you like bubbles that you can track half hour so basically like on a daily basis i'll sort of plan for the next day and i'll say okay what's my what's my number one thing to do and like my filter for like getting the number one thing is the number one thing is the thing that is the smallest possible action delivered to deliver the most uh, to deliver the most value, to deliver the most impact, or if like if I could only get this done today, today would be a good day. So that's yeah. kind of every day I'm kind of asking myself that question: like, what's the big task for today? What's the thing that drives every other task? And a lot of the time, because we've got uh, like we've two two part-time coaches, two full-time coaches, occasion now. Like a lot of that is organizing and delegating and making sure that their roles and responsibilities are clear because as I can only do so much, but if I can organize the team effectively, then like those guys can do a lot more. <laughs> the, the, man- the manager within you, not only manage your own schedule, managing your uh, your employees and your business as well. You spoke a bit about the, the, the technician, the manager and the entrepreneur. Maybe you're trying to 
take a lot of that on board and you know display those qualities at the same time. I'm sure, it's difficult, like you spoke about the other night. So that's the, the Michael Gerber book, and he myth so most people that will be going into business uh, should have heard of that. If not, go and get it if you're considering business or if you're interested in business. Like uh, it's fantastic, but it's just people roll into the technician, the people that sort of like the technician, the manager, the entrepreneur, and it's just three stages or three roles that you'll play in your own business. And as the technician is the person who's delivering the product. So for me, that's my personal training. That's the technical skill that I'm doing. Uh, the manager is me sort of organizing the, the rest of the coaches around them to deliver the quality service. And the entrepreneur is the person who's innovating or looking to develop or looking at the strategy and the long-term thing. So to be a, like a, a solid entrepreneur will be a mixture of all three. Yes. My skill set is least in the manager role. I'm not organized. I'm not a person that can have everything organized in that way. So for me, a couple of things work because I'm not that person. Trying to like being self-aware enough to know that I want to get, want to get far more done in the afternoon, and that was a big realization for me that I give myself very simple things to do in the morning, like I like very mundane tasks that I just need to get done in the day. These tasks that require me to think a lot more and be a lot clearer. And I've also said it's like writing system processes for coaching, like for a business or like reviewing like uh, or like creating a new program or like really in-depth writing or a video i'll generally do that in the afternoon uh, this is probably like half a lab in this morning when we start this is probably the edge of me being sort of like literate uh, because i'm not really like that useful before yeah, that. We, can, we can tell last thing's probably having some form of like big rocks and if i know like for to use a terminology people will be like right like your big rocks in training or your squat backs and deadlift, like them three things are going up, everything else is going in the right direction. So for yeah. me, like I want to have like the big rocks in the business. And then like for me, or, or like for our, for the kids and our big rocks or our KPIs or key performance indicators, like that's what KPIs are. But for us, it's the number of leads we're generating, the number of trials, like 30 day trials that are coming into the business. Uh, and what the conversion from lead to trial is, what the conversion from trials to members are, and then what our attrition or retention is, so how many members are retained every month. So that's kind of like, those are three, but those are some big rocks for us that I want to watch those numbers like a hawk, because mm -hmm. I'm generating a certain amount of leads and I convert them at a certain percentage, then I can see. So we have, for the last sort of two years, our conversion rates of leads to trials or trials to members and then our like so we'll work off our last six months. What's our what's our last six months uh, retention and our attrition? So over the last six months, it's about four and a half percent. So every month, about four and a half percent of our members will leave because they're either at the end of the contract or some other reason. So we know that if we've got 116 members every month, we're going to lose somewhere between four to six people. So we have to factor that in when we're sort of planning our like thing. And for me, that's one of those things that. Yeah, just having the clarity that that's something now that I'm responsible for and it's a number it's very simple I just need to do it and then that means that it can drive the actions in behind that but if I'm going to be watching my num like if I want to watch those numbers if my leads are coming in but my trials are kind of low I know that however we sell is not effective that we need to increase the conversion rate so that's kind of like that's mm -hmm. for me landing on that was one of the biggest things that sort of it helped me clarify my role like so much and then it makes my day as much simpler because I try and focus on the things that are actually going to impact those yeah. numbers. There's a few other big rocks but like I'm not worried about them. Class. Um, awesome. Right, we've got through a lot there both in terms of Conneth the person and Conneth the entrepreneur. Um, as to the day-to-day -day stuff, uh, everything that's going on, and then also we got a sense of, um, maybe implicitly, a sense of where Kaizen is headed. No doubt it's headed for future growth and um, yourself kind of making a greater impact on on things wherever wherever that goes. Um, but by way, of, by way of closure, if you like, I think it's, it's an important um, and very interesting note to close on. Would you have a, a bit of advice for, say, someone in around this sort of demographic that is maybe thinking uh, of where they're at in their life? Not necessarily, obviously, that's impinging on career, relationships, juggling both and maybe thinking of, is this right for me or could I do more? Could I do something different? For someone who's in that mindset currently, what would your 
nuggets of advice, if you like, be. And well, if we close on that, I think that would be a good good closure. Yeah, probably. Like, well, the two things that, that jump into my mind is like first of all, just take the small action that we can, whether it's like ordering like signing up for Audible, like which was a simple, simple thing that I did a couple of years ago, and I've ended up listening to about one hundred and fifteen books. And I'm not a big, like, I'm not I like I like reading relatively, but like I'm not the person that reads one hundred fifteen books. Anytime I'm in the QR, I listen to that book, and that was that small action of downloading Audible. So like on a larger sort of scheme, just looking at the things you're interested in and trying to consume as much information, listen to like the, the more intelligent people that are more intelligent than you in that uh, in that sort of realm. Listen to learn as much as you can. Like that's the first thing that you're never gonna like arming yourself with more information, more knowledge is always gonna lead to something positive. And then the second thing that I said was like just Surround yourself with other people who are thinking the same way. Uh, so maybe some people that sort of have a similar stage to you, or people who have already have already been there and done that and achieved some level of success in the things that you're trying to achieve, or in in any realm. Because I think it's, it doesn't really matter what your industry success is, in business or football. You'll find the traits seem to be very similar across. So for me, it's learn as much as you can and then surround yourself with like a, with a network of people that you're proactively reaching out to. Uh, like the way I would sort of, the way I would sort of say that is like the, the, everyone's heard that thing of you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and I'd be a huge believer of that and you tell a large part control who you spend your time with and if there's, if there's someone that you've like wanted to have a conversation with because you think that it would be an interesting conversation or that you would be able to learn one small thing from them, then just reach out. Like, just drop them a message. Like, um, do you mind if I meet you for and buy you, Do you mind if I buy you a coffee and we'll sit down and chill out? I just like I've, I really like what you've been doing, and I think I can learn something for you. Like, learn something from you. Like, and the thing that I do is I just say, listen, would would you like me not? Like, I'll be happy to pay you for your time, and. That simple act of like, I'm, I know you're going to deliver me value, and I know that I would I'd actually like to tell you for that. I've never had anyone ever actually go, oh, yeah, it's X amount of times. Like, I've, I've never had anyone do that, but it's that, it's that extension of like, and if, but to be fair, if some of them did, I would gladly pay them because I think if, if you know what, like, what's at stake and how much you can learn from, from people and really like situations that are successful, then you can do it. So just, Surround yourself with information, with resources that are things that you're interested in, if you want to learn more about, and then reach out to people who you think have already have already done it. And like, there's a, there's a sorry, like, just as because I digress and everything. There's a 33 percent rule that people say that you should spend 33 percent of the time of your time with people who are above your level, so, so people that you're trying to emulate and learn from. 33% of people on your level that are people that you're collaborating with, being creative with, and sort of going through the same journey. And then 33% of people who are like at an earlier stage of, like, of development that, you, that you're trying to coach, trying to help along and trying to find their journey. Like I can think of a lot of people in each of those buckets. Like I don't like that. I don't like, I don't know what way to phrase that one, the people in the earlier stage, you want to say below. Basically, like so, and people. Who are at a similar stage to me? I'll be talking to Connor O'Neill, like quite regularly. I'm talking to my best, my best friend, uh, Sid. I'll be talking to, like, say, like, like generally other business owners, other like maybe in our like AFBA, the gym owners group. I'll be talking to a lot of those people, and then I'll be talking to people who are above my level. I'll be reaching out to people who I sort of deem as like I've to say that I've, I think are very successful, and just try and learn from those people. And the more of those people that you think you can surround yourself with, the better. Like you'll you'll learn a lot. You'll learn more than you like I think one of the things that one of the one the guy who's a mentor of mine that I reached out to about two or three years ago uh, is, is very, very successful in his own in his own field. And I basically reached out to offer him offered to buy him coffee and to pay him for his time. And the first time I met him he spent I want to say three and a half hours uh, in a cafe in Lurgan with me, just basically like giving me a guidance, wanting to learn more about where I was at in the business, and then basically finished up. Like I was thinking half an hour. I spent three, three and a half hours with him, and at the end of it, he basically said, "Listen, I want to 
like pieces if you're if you're okay with it. Like I'd like to make two like relatively regularly and just keep tabs on you and see like see how I can help you and hopefully things. So I went with like a list of questions because like boom and <laughs> none of the questions that I like I didn't even have to ask any of them because you had to basically give me information that I didn't even have the intelligence to ask the right questions for. He was giving stuff and I left the meeting and was just like sitting in the floor for about 15 minutes after like holy shit that was that was yeah. that was one email like that's all that was and the, from that one email uh, I'll meet that guy once or once every month once every two months we'll sit down for a coffee and we'll chat about things and he's been an unbelievable mentor for me he's given me so much help and it was one email and I always sort of think of that as like that was that was one email that has led to the most awesome. Well, it was obviously a testament to yourself and and uh, obviously the way the way you presented yourself and your ideas that that made him stay for three and a half hours and subsequently commit to giving you that value. So yeah, yeah it's I a testament to you. again, it's one of those things that the more you learn, the more you equip yourself with. And you find that it comes in handy when you never like really like. I think, and we talked about that the other night as well. That we were. Like, I don't realize I have such strong opinions about things until I start talking and realize five minutes has passed. Like, I can, I can talk shit, like, for the best of them, but I never feel like I have strong opinions on stuff. And then somebody asks me a question, and I realize there's, like, two books popping pop in my head of things that are related to it. And, like, I forgot I read that. Like, the, the Michael Gerber book, Enoch, came into my head there, like, when we were talking the other night. And it's been three years since I read that book. It was just a random sort of some link that I've got, and I realised that I had some value from that that I could sort of like that I could add. So, like, you're if if you're interested in it, hundred percent. Like, just read as much as possible. Like, if you're not sure of where to start in terms of thing, then like I don't like drop drop me a message. Like, drop you guys a message because you are starting on that journey as well. You are reading quite a lot, you are listening to quite a lot, you should like and you should put yourselves out there and like, do a podcast. And I, like and I think that's one of the things that when you were talking to me about this as well, like I was like, yeah, just fucking like do it. Like not saying that like the podcast might be something that is a business one day, but even if it isn't, you'll learn so fucking much from doing it. That when you then if you do make a step over to business or not, like, whatever you do, whatever the jobs doesn't come up in the rest of your life, you'll have lessons from this that will be sort of like strings in your bow. Quality, quality way to finish off, Connell. Thanks so much for your time today. Some valuable nuggets laid on the table for not only me and Ashin, but everyone listening. So, um, what can we say thanks so many times, buddy? That's been great. Um, any closing messages, Ashin, for the people? No, just that it was an absolute pleasure having this conversation with Johnny and Connell, of course. Um, thank you so much to everyone for the amazing response that we've had so far, and no doubt that this uh, interview slash discussion with Conleth will um will grab people's attention and I'm sure people will um derive so much value from from what Conleth has has told us about himself, the person and then also his journey with uh Kaiser and Strength. So Conleth, thank you so much again. Um Thanks for having me guys. Hundred percent. Yeah. We'll get you on again someday soon. Yeah, so guys, any questions, ideas, issues, or relevant information that you want to fire us across, even like Colin said, he's open as well. So check him out on Instagram, Kaiser and Strength, or the personal is Colin Mac. Um, so thanks for listening, and we will catch you again very soon. All the best. Thank you. Bye, guys.